Hey everyone, this is Brian from the Tennis IQ Podcast. Josh and I hope that you're enjoying the content and discussions that we put out week after week. If you'd like to support the podcast and help us to continue to produce quality episodes, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash podcast slash membership. Currently, we have two tiers of support, $3 per month and $7 per month. So again, our Patreon page is patreon.com slash podcast slash membership. Thank you so much. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Tennis IQ Podcast. I'm Josh Berger. And I'm Brian Lomax. And today, Josh and I are going to talk about an important aspect of the development of any tennis player, which is developing their character skills or helping them develop a strong character. Oftentimes when we speak of character, it has, I think, a positive connotation. Um, We don't necessarily distinguish between, say, strong or weak character or good or bad character, but I think it's helpful for us to understand character uh, in a deeper way, in a way that we are looking at it from the perspective of developing strong character skills and how tennis is something that can be used to help with that. Um, And I would say it's actually a a real positive thing for coaches, players, parents uh, to focus on because it helps to make us just a stronger person overall and a stronger player. Um, You know, one of the things that comes with tennis obviously is a lot of adversity and difficulty and so forth. And uh, I think we'll get into this more, but a big part of tennis is, is training you to deal with those situations in better and better ways. And a lot of the time that means going deeper inside of yourself and searching for more strength there, more character strength, more ways of looking at things that are are less about technique and tactics and more about who you are as a person and how you can pull through this mentally and emotionally. And a lot of that stuff comes from the development of your of your character skills. Um, and I like to refer to this as more of a taking kind of an, an inside-out approach, meaning we develop what is within us first and primarily and that will help create those sort of outside outcomes and results that we want. Um, that would be in contrast to more of an outside-in approach, which is the outside stuff are the results, the outcomes, the rankings, the ratings, focusing more on that um, and letting that drive the development of who we become. Of course, there's a there's always going to be a careful balance between results um, their importance and so forth. We, we live in a society where results, of course, are, are important. For many, they are the um, kind of the measure of one's success. But I think there's more to it than that. Um, so uh, I think this is a really good topic, especially in you know today's tennis world in which we are um, not only presented with results, but we are also presented with rankings. We're presented with ratings, depending on where you live. These ratings or what age groups that you're in and so forth, they may have more or less importance. But 
Um, you know, I think Josh, you and I, we both work in populations in which, you know, universal tennis rating, UTRs is, is quite important. Um, we haven't yet seen, I don't think, the effect of world tennis number, if that's going to make uh, some sort of incursion against that. But um, regardless, they are important things and they are things that uh, people can be more obsessed with than, say, their their character. Um, so when you think about the development of character, Josh, for tennis players, you know, maybe just at a high level, what are some of your your thoughts about this this particular topic and its importance? Yeah, well, I think you you brought up a good point that results and ratings and rankings and all of that can get in the way. And I think uh, individuals can over-prioritize this in, in their own minds um, and also the people around, you know, the 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 individuals that are around each each tennis player can also uh, overemphasize these things. Whether it's a, a player's parents, whether it's a coach, whether it's teammates on a team, um, but I, it, I think it's very common that not only the person but the people around them can overemphasize winning and results at the expense of uh, character and sort of the 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 right the quote unquote right way of of doing things um and i think you know if if results are all that matters when the match is on the line right if you're in a third set tiebreaker if you're at deuce point and it's no ad um it can be very easy to cut corners it can be easy to decide to maybe cheat it can be easy to you know call a ball out that hits the line um or you know, and, and also just in general, maybe not show top notch um, sportsmanship to your opponents, right? I mean, obviously, something like cheating is an extreme, but also just not in in general exhibiting that um, type of sportsmanship to your opponents that that you that you aspire towards, because that's not the priority. Because the priority is winning and seeing your opponent as somebody to be beaten rather than somebody who's sharing the court with you sort of in, in along, you know, along for this, this same journey. Um, and I think going back to your question, Brian, I think it, you know, it, it is the responsibility I would say of, you know, of people in, in the tennis field, whether it be coaches, whether it be sports psychology professionals, whether it be parents um, to, to prioritize these things and understand that, uh, it, that's ultimately what pays dividend at the end of the day. It's not just about who has the most ranking points or who plays number one on the the USTA college high school team, right? Um, we're playing sports and we're playing tennis for certain reasons. And I think if if viewed in the right way, if framed in the right way as well, sports have the potential to really do uh, you know, have a lot of benefits on on individuals that play them. It, you have opportunities to really learn great character skills and really build these skills through competition, through hard work, through dedication, through um, high pressure situations with with um, you know your opponents. Um, but if winning is all that matters, if you know if the result is prioritized over everything else, then you can't, you, you don't gain those same skills in that same way. So I think it's, it's really important as we think about this, that the, the people that, that um, surround a tennis player, like 
you know, oftentimes, you know, coaches or sports like professionals, parents, as we mentioned, um, prioritize these things and understand that ultimately we're playing tennis for a reason. And there's a lot that, that we can learn and build and develop from, from our experiences only if we prioritize them in it. And those are as important or more important ultimately than just our results. Yeah. And we've talked, I think a few times, Josh, about players developing, say their own personal philosophy you know, on things like competition and challenges, life in general, developing or maybe coming up with a list of values that are important to you. And I think psychologically, we all think that we're we're good people. Um, but it comes down to how how does one practice that? You know, and it makes me think about some of the ancient Greek philosophers who who didn't see philosophy as something to just talk about. And exchange ideas. They saw it as something that they should practice and put into motion. Um, and many of them talked about, you know, the pursuit of wrestling as a means of practicing their philosophy and how to handle challenges and adversity and, and so forth. And I think sport like tennis does the same thing. Um, it's a chance for us to practice our philosophy, to practice our core values. And let's face it. The sport, as you you know, just said, you could take that call. It, it challenges you to really practice, you know, what you said your philosophy was, or to really practice what you said your core values were. And I think every one of us, and and probably the two of us included, we've we've chosen badly at times. Um, no one is perfect here. Uh, there's no truly mentally tough tennis player but we can we have more mentally tough moments can we have more moments of strong character than the weaker ones and you know how how will the the scales you know measure that in the end right there's always going to be like we said in our past we've all made some decisions that we probably are not proud of but you know that's in the past now can we use that as information going forward knowing that things like being fair respectful, having integrity. Um, you know, the other ways that we ethically treat other people, being patient, et cetera. Can we if we if those are things that are important to us and we say are part of our personal philosophy, well, the sport of tennis gives us many opportunities to practice those things in difficult circumstances. And when we don't make those choices, you know, what we're saying is that we're willing to give up our own philosophy and character for a win today. What's the trade-off? I mean, the trade-off, I think, is that you don't become a stronger person in the future, or maybe not as quickly as you could be. I think you also show other people that uh, you're not trustworthy. In a difficult situation, you decided to take the shortcut. And maybe you cheated me or somebody else that I know out of something because you you took the shortcut. But even if that person is on my team and it comes down to a pressure match, um, can I trust the person who who will take the shortcut? I don't know. I don't know that I can trust that person. I certainly can't trust them as an opponent. I don't even know that I can trust them as a teammate. 
And so I think when we when we don't look at sport in that way, we end up hurting ourselves in the long run. Um, and so I think it's just an interesting way to look at it. And I, and I think I would like you to share, Josh, you, you used an analogy kind of with this whole thing earlier. And I would like you to share it because that, I think that's actually a really powerful way of looking at a situation like this. Yeah. So the, the way that I sort of conceptualize it is, um, and, and I think you, you bring up a good point, Brian, that you, you need to have that, that foundation of, of these character skills in order to, you know, progress in order to be able to handle these big moments. Um, and, and I almost think of it, you know, if, again, we think of a big moment, like, um, you know, the, the mat, let, let's say you're playing in a team match and the match is on the line, or it's an individual situation. And again, the match is on the line, maybe it's a third set, maybe it's tiebreaker, whatever the situation. Um, but if you've gotten to that point by cutting corners, by, you know, maybe making unsportsmanlike calls or cheating or um, not showing, a, a, you know, opponent's respect or cutting corners in other ways. Are you actually ready for that situation? I, I think both of us would probably say you're not. And I think it, it's similar to somebody who went through school and rather than studying and learning, they were cheating on their exams and they were cutting corners in that way. And, you know, rather than feeling like they competently knew the information, they, they got passing grades, but they cheated to get to that point. And now they've become a doctor or a lawyer or any other profession. Um, is that person truly ready to take on that challenge? Is that person truly competent and qualified? I, I would say no, right? On paper, maybe it looks like they are, but behind the scenes, you know, deep down, they've, they have cut a lot of corners. They, they aren't, they haven't taken the necessary steps to be qualified to take on that, that challenge. And I think it's, it really is the same way. If you've, you know, number one, you build a reputation, right? And and I think we all know people at any age, at any level, who have that sort of reputation of cutting corners on the tennis court. And, you know, the whether it's line calls, whether it's sportsmanship in other ways. Um, and I think not only does the reputation build, but as you said, Brian, you lose trust. People aren't going to want to play with you. Um, you know, do, do people want to play doubles with somebody who has that type of reputation? First of all, you could that reputation could come on to you if you you two are playing together and the team is making questionable or or just bad line calls. Um, but in, in general, it's you know it, I think it it sends a message that you're not willing to put in the work and to play by the rules in order to um, in in order to compete in order to try to win. Um, and and I think. You know, I, I think up to this point, we've we've focused a lot on um, maybe some neg negative qualities, right? And, and maybe trying to avoid those. Um, but I think also trying to, and I think we can discuss what some of these are and maybe how we build them. Um, but trying to really focus on what are those positive characteristics and qualities that that we want to exhibit, and and starting at that point, as you were talking about that that inside out approach, and starting with okay. What are those qualities? Is it fairness? Is it discipline? Is it 
whatever it may be. Is it hard work? Is it community? Is it teamwork? Right. Especially in, in a sport like in doubles or when you're on, when you're on a team in other settings. Um, but let's start with what are those qualities that we want to exhibit um, rather than uh, the approach of, okay, I'm going to play matches. I'm trying to win. And then maybe I can sort of self-correct if we can uh, start with, sort of the end in mind and start with the qualities that we want and then and focus on how we build them, how, again, we're not going to be perfect. We're, we're going to make mistakes. Um, but let's have that vision of those qualities that we want and start there and then come up with a plan or, you know, work with somebody ideally and, and really have a, a real plan to develop these qualities, to prioritize these qualities so that, that can be front of mind and that is the priority rather than this type of ranking and this type of rating. Cause you know, if, if you are prioritizing the right things and playing in the right way and um, you know, the, the results will come. I mean, I, I think back to um, one of our first episodes, actually our first, our first interview that we did where we interviewed Brian Barker and he, uh, you know, he's coached at the highest level of the sport and he talked a lot about prioritizing um, being the best player you can be and being the best person you can be and how that has, you know, tons of benefits, benefits um, more in, internally, but also benefits in turn, in terms of your results. And he, he made the comparison, you know, if one person is all about winning and they say, okay, um, you know, let's start in the other way. If one person is saying, okay, I'm trying to be the best person I can be, the best player I can be, you know, I'm just going to do my best out here. I know that by doing my best, I might win today, I might lose today, but ultimately that's what's going to help me move in the right direction. The other person says, yeah, yeah, that's all true, but I need to win, but I have to win this match. This match is so important. Which player is going to feel more pressure? Probably that second one. So which player, when the match is online, ultimately has a better chance. So I think there's this, you know, prioritizing these character traits is ultimately what leads to people trusting you, what leads to, you know, you having a better reputation and also has a positive impact on your results, but it just, it might not have sort of a short-sighted impact, right? Maybe you lose that one particular match when you choose not to, cheat on that close call, right? So maybe in the short term, it has a negative impact on your results. But long term, by not cutting corners, by playing the right way, by going the extra mile, by having good sportsmanship, it has a a positive effect ultimately. I think that was a good summary, Josh, of the difference between developing from the inside out where we're developing the person and the results will come versus from the outside in where we're focused on results and wins um, and the pressure that that leads to. And, and probably you don't even get the, res- the results long-term that you want. You probably end up plateauing or only reaching a certain, certain level. Um, when you talk about identifying the different skills and values that are important, I think that's, that's a really good discussion. Um, and I think you could even break it into uh, individual Character skills, you mentioned self-discipline, hard work. I think you could also put in things like, and these would differ for different people, but creativity, um, you know, even focus and confidence will fall into those areas as well. 
Um, you know, so those are kind of more on the, the individual side. And then the other category would be the ethical side, really how we treat others. And, you know, fairness is certainly part of that. Truthfulness, respect, integrity, patience with others. Certainly patience with yourself could be an individual character trait, right? Um, you know, positivity, optimism would be individual character traits. But then you know, how do we use those with with others? And I think they're both they're good categories to consider. I think sometimes in, in the sport of tennis, we we pay a little less attention to the ethical side. I think very often, you know, and, and we probably do this, Josh, a lot with our clients is we work a lot on those individual character skills. Um, so we talk a lot about confidence and focus and self-belief. Um, and depending on the player, maybe there's something about creativity or optimism or positivity, um, et cetera. But I know that you and I both focus on a lot of the ethical pieces as well, but that's that's probably the part that isn't discussed as, as much. And the reason you know we're talking about this today is if you take that inside-out approach, the inevitability of, of playing a sport like tennis is that there will be difficult, adverse situations that will appear. You will lose. Of course, you will win, too. Um, your ability to handle those things comes from within you more so than outside of you. And so from a long-term development perspective, we want to develop people who have strong character skills so that they can grow in the sport and not be frauds like in your analogy, right? That doctor or lawyer who or whatever profession that just cheated their way through because let's face it, school does reward grades more than learning. It, right? The whole system is set up for you just to be able to pass tests. It doesn't necessarily challenge how much you've you've learned, um, and that's that's the way it is. But you know, do you do you want to be a legitimately good tennis player, or do you want to be a fraud? Because you will get outed at a certain point. You'll reach a level in which that your your level of inside development of your character will be challenged to the point that you cannot go beyond this this level unless you're of, of, of a certain level of strength of character. Um, and that's important to know because you won't be able to break that ceiling of potential without really developing inside. And if you develop inside, then uh, you know the ceiling on your potential is, is higher. There are a lot of things, obviously, that govern one's ability to become the best in the world. And But... If we're talking about you becoming the best you can be, you don't want to set up your own self-limiting barriers. And I think not developing your characters is, is one way that you could do that. Because um, again, like we said, you'll either be a fraud or you'll be someone we, who can't be trusted or both. Um, so what, you know, what role does a sport like tennis really play in this? Um, you know, we were having that conversation earlier about, in, in some ways, the absurdity of sport in general. But let's think of it this way. Um, if, you know, you're put yourself as you're an alien, you're looking at the earth from space and you're seeing people play tennis. So what do you see? You see two individuals batting a yellow pressurized piece of felt between lines and and maybe arguing or having, you know, 
bad behavior out there, or maybe it's good behavior or whatever. And you're probably wondering, like, what is the point of them just batting this thing back and forth? Like, why is this, why is this meaningful? And to be honest, I don't know that it has a ton of meaning other than it's a great place for us to practice our philosophy and practice our core values so that we can be stronger and better people. Situations on the tennis court are not life and death. We are voluntarily putting ourselves in an arena in which difficult things will happen. And there's got to be a better reason for it than just winning tennis matches. And I think one of those better reasons is to help develop you into a stronger, better person. Because outside of the tennis court, there may be situations that occur that the stakes are higher. And if you have trained performing under pressure, performing in the face of someone else cheating or something else happening, some other difficulty, if you've worked on your ability to focus on the moment, to believe in yourself, to have hope, to be more positive, and that the tennis court has taught you that, and now you can apply it to a real-world situation, you're going to be so much stronger in that situation than someone who hasn't gone through this active character building training. You know, maybe that sounds like I'm really taking it to a, a big picture perspective. Um, but I really feel it's that important to talk to people about, you know, and I know that one of the selling points when I'm working with kids, especially in say the 11 to 15 year range, Josh, and I bet you find this too. A lot of the parents gravitate to the message of that. This isn't just about tennis, that this, that what we're talking about is, is beyond that. It will help them in their academics. It will help them in their professional lives. Um, because the vast majority of people that we work with are not going to become top professional tennis players. We want them to play the sport for life because it can, in the right context, teach you a lot about yourself and it can teach you to be a better person. But when we're, that has to be a front and center thing for you, the individual, when you look at a sport like tennis. And for many of us, it's, it's, it's not, it's on the sidelines. Um, but you will become a stronger person. And like you said, Josh, the results will come. You will become such a better tennis player by focusing on these strong ethical skill, character skills and your strong individual skills. And you'll be able to be so much more proud of yourself and how you compete and how you conduct yourself. And then you're going to be the kind of person people want on their team because you, you can be trusted under pressure. You can be trusted to to make good calls, to represent whatever team you're on in a positive manner or institution or whatever. Someone others can be proud to be associated with. And I think ultimately, um, that's a great feeling to, as an individual. Uh, but then you make a, an even larger contribution to, say, the tennis community or some other community because you have consciously and actively trained your character in a difficult arena like the sport of tennis. Totally, totally. And I think the fact that it is a difficult arena, and I think you touched on this, um, is is a big reason why 
you can really develop these skills. If if you're if if you're not competing and you're just hitting and and you you're never in a situation where you have to make a tough call, uh I think it's it's tougher to really um develop some of these character skills when you don't have to make that tough decision, when you don't have to um decide how you're going to treat an opponent who maybe hasn't displayed the same level of sportsmanship towards you. Right. Um, I think by putting ourselves in these situations time again, wind up in, in situations that require these skills. And again, maybe we have certain situations that we look back at them and we're not happy or we're not proud rather of how we handled them. But it also is that it also gives us that opportunity to learn and to, to hopefully grow and, and do better the next time because, there's always that next match. As long as you continue playing, there's always that next opportunity to play. You do you age up to the next age group and there's a new cast of characters that you play against. You move to a different part of the country and again, new people that you're playing gets different types of tournaments, different types of opportunities and challenges. So as you continue to play, you will have more opportunities to hopefully do better. And as, as I think we keep saying, you know, it, perfection is not, attainable and it's not um, realistic either. Um, so trying to set a standard for yourself and certainly aiming towards it and then trying to learn from each experience that you have, um, regardless of whether you felt that it went really well, maybe not so well, somewhere in between. And again, there's always, it's always a gray area because there's always a lot of, of each of those um within each performance um but again this you know tennis and i mean sports in general but i think tennis um as an individual sport is a unique training grounds because you know it, it really is just you out there maybe not in doubles of course you have a partner but it really is you out there making the decisions you know being the umpire right being your own umpire um being your own coach and figuring out how to navigate the ups and the downs and the good days and the bad days and the days where uh, your second serve is off and the days where uh, you didn't get enough sleep or you don't feel good or or whatever. It's, it's, it, it all falls on you to navigate that and to handle that. And I think tennis is unique from most sports in that way, that it really is, you know, individual. And obviously um, there's a great quote from Andre Agassi where he talks about that and talks about maybe some of the challenges of that, how it really can feel isolating. It can really just feel like it's you out there. But at the same time, the fact that it is just you, um, I think provides a great opportunity to learn how you want to act, to have these opportunities to act in the way that you strive towards. And again, maybe you fail, maybe, you, you know, you fail your test in, in certain situations and hopefully you're, you're better for it. Hopefully that, you know, that, that failing or that moral failing or however you want to think of it doesn't lead you to decide to say, okay, now, you know, okay, somebody cheated me and I'm going to cheat them back or, you know, winning is so important or this is such a big match that, you know, maybe I can cut that corner. Um, so try to say, okay, I is that really who who I want to be? And again, maybe you maybe you make that mistake, and hopefully you the next time around you're you're better for it, and you've learned why that's 
not what you want to do. Why? In terms of your reputation, in terms of your character, in terms of how you feel about yourself, what sort of impact that really has. Yeah, and I think you just prompted something in my mind that, you know, in some ways, we're talking to an audience that probably cares a lot about their character. Um, and and like we said, none of us are perfect. We probably can look back and see situations in which we perhaps chose badly, etc. But there is a segment of the tennis population that is perfectly okay with how they're behaving. That taking a call is part of the deal, is part of how I get in your head. Or you know, questioning your calls, even though I know you're making good calls, is part of the deal. Um, and that that's a harder audience to address in some ways because we are at fundamental odds with what we believe that is acceptable. You know, our um, my value system and my philosophy is not necessarily matching up with yours at all. And I think that that segment of the tennis population will always be there. We've talked about how, and we're biased, that tennis is one of the most challenging sports mentally because of what you said, Josh, the three roles that we have to play. You know, the player, the coach, the line judge, or the umpire. Um, so we as tennis players actually have a lot more power to make decisions than athletes in other sports, right? I mean, if you're you're a soccer player, a hockey player, a basketball player, you can cheat in certain ways, but there's often somebody who's looking to enforce the rules that may catch you. You know, in our sport, the little it's a lot easier to 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 cheat and 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 break rules, um, and so the the you brought up the question of the the dilemma of what to do when someone has cheated you or wronged you. Is that's an opportunity to decide what's important to me at this moment? Do I do I stick to who I am as a person, or do I look for some payback here? Um, you will hear some college tennis players. I've heard this in the past that the best way to address cheating is to cheat people back. And then it stops. That could be true. Um, but what does that say about you and your willingness to um, essentially abandon your character and your and your core values? It, and it's a hard call because, yes, yeah, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it just escalates things. You don't really know what may happen there. So there are a lot of situations where that 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 dilemma is going to come up. And uh, I think the more that if we're looking at this as developing yourself, the choice becomes clearer when presented with that. Not, you know, totally clear, but hopefully it helps you to decide that my character is more important than a win in whatever it is I'm doing today. Most of us are not playing in the finals of, you know, major tournaments or ATP or WTA events. Of course, in those events, you're not making the line calls anyway, right? So, you know, uh, the ability to be cheated by opponents is a lot less, especially now with uh, 
Hawkeye and other line calling systems. There's whether they're perfect or not, the people have put their faith in it, right? So, um, it's not like the old days. So, I think that's what we we are all faced with: is can we choose to be people of strong character in light of very difficult situations and value that more than just getting a win today? Um, because that I think has more longer term term trade offs. So yeah, this is not easy. It's not an easy topic per se. Um, and we don't necessarily have clear guidelines, I don't think. But I think if we look at some of the values and the character traits again that we go back to, think about how you treat other people broadly and what are the important aspects of that, whether it be fairness, truthfulness, respect, integrity, patience, etc. And then what are the important individual character traits for you to develop through tennis? This is what it's about. You were developing you from the inside out. And when you do it that way, when you make this about experiential learning and education, the results will absolutely come. And your potential, your ability to achieve becoming the best player you can become um, is much higher than those who choose results and ratings and rankings first. Totally. Totally. And I would also say at the highest level of the game, there are still situations where these questions really do still come up. Uh, for instance, somebody, you know, somebody hits a drop shot, their opponent is chasing after it. And there's that question of, did they get to it before that second bounce or not? And generally the player knows, did they, did they get to it or not? But the, that I think, I don't think, Hawkeye ever I don't think Hawkeye covers that no, that, that judgment call under, I think right by the umpire the, of the chair umpire right yeah. right so um does the chair umpire might not have the best angle or might not see it exactly so that's one situation another situation could be a player's at the net the ball hits their racket does it hit off their body or not if the ball hits your body it's you know the the, the point is over um but again does the does the chair umpire have the best angle there? Um, always, always an interesting ethical question. And we've seen that we've seen that at, at the pro level, um, you know, whether or not somebody owns up to it or not. Um, and we've also seen exemplary um, examples of uh, players where, of situations where um, players have given their opponent a point, right. in, in certain situations, um, or the, or maybe a, you know, a first serve, um, and, and, you know, it's, it's easy to find these examples. If you even just looking on, on YouTube, you can look up, you know, ATP sportsmanship examples. And there's, there's plenty of exa- ATP WTA sportsmanship examples. There's, there are plenty of examples out there. Um, but I think, yeah, as, as we think more about this topic as, um, you know, hopefully this is something that is thought provoking. Right. And, and again, the, the, the point of this is not to cast shame and not for people to think back to that situation that they're not proud of. Right. Um, I think it's more to really have this be a priority and under, understand why it should be a priority, understand the importance of it, the, the benefits of it, um, and have that as the standard that we want to really strive towards being the best people we can be developing these characteristics over time it does take time um but having that be you know 
a big piece of really why we play, why, why we do what we do um, rather than it being, you know, just sort of a competition for who can get the most points and who can get the most wins and who can play number one and who can start on the team. And, you know, it, it really is about something more than that, or it should be, at least I would say. Um, and I think oftentimes that gets forgotten about because results do matter, right? If we, if we're, we're not going to sit here and say that results don't matter, right? There are consequences and benefits of, of having certain types of results, which I think leads to people cutting corners, people making certain unethical and sportsmanlike decisions. But understanding that results are one piece of it and that they can't be at the expense of of everything else um, and, and they can't overshadow everything else, but results need to fit into this broader picture of really the type of people that, that we aim to be. And as you said, Josh, this isn't about, you know, people feeling shame about perhaps how they've acted in the past, but you know, who we were in the past is a part of who we are now. And our goal, as we said in our, uh, episode about you know the best the you know, most important version of you is who you're becoming so this is all just information for you to use and synthesize and help you to become a better tennis player a better person of character and you know our belief is that you become a better person of character you will become a better tennis player you'll be stronger mentally on the court you'll be able to handle things better and the results will absolutely come you'll be the type of person who can handle pressure can close out matches, um, can deal with first round matches more easily, um, can handle the finals of matches, can go to the next level. Um, with you know, as the as the difficulty level increases, you'll be the type of person who can handle those things better because you'll be looking at it as a life education pursuit rather than just the pursuit of results. The results will come secondarily. So great discussion, Josh. I love talking about this this type of topic. Um, and thank you all for listening. That's our show for today. For more on today's episode, please check out the show notes. If you have any feedback or questions for us, please email us at tennisiqpodcast at gmail.com. You can also use the Twitter hashtag tennisiq. Additionally, please subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice, including YouTube, so you can be notified of new episodes. You can also check us out on Instagram. If you would like to support the podcast, please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash tennisiq slash membership. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon in our next episode. 